the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. So is DeLon Wright traded and is Tristan Thompson a king or is he not? The deal is still ongoing. It's been agreed upon, but apparently there's more conversation happening, trying to expand the deal. We don't know if it's the Kings wanting more, the Hawks wanting more, the Celtics wanting more. All we do know is that now this that this trade has lasted into Monday, it changes things a little bit in terms of the Boston Celtics using an exception from Ennis Cantor's contract. So doesn't really mean much for the Kings, but we're still confused as to why this is taking so long. We do believe Tristan Thompson is going to be a King. We do believe DeLon Wright is going to be out of Sacramento, opening up a spot theoretically for Davion Mitchell. On today's podcast, I'm going to be joined by Franklin Cardicelli from Sports 1140 KHDK and the Return of the Roar podcast. He and I are going to talk about this three-guard lineup, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and Davion Mitchell. Will it work? What needs to happen for it to work? And what are the concerns with that lineup? It's all on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, Full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six, nearly seven years, and this is season number eight for me covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And yes, I say season number eight because technically this Monday, August 2nd, is the official start date of the calendar or NBA calendar year. It's also the start of free agency And we had a quiet weekend, which I did not expect. I really thought the Sacramento Kings were going to do more than just this Tristan Thompson trade. Now, like I said in the intro, there might be something more in the works that may free up the money that the Kings are needing to bring back Rashawn Holmes. We don't know if Rashawn Holmes has other suitors around the NBA. We don't know if Rashawn Holmes is going to get the money that he's looking for. It's a very weird spot because I thought the Sacramento Kings by now would have made a more salary-clearing move, whether it was moving on from Marvin Bagley, moving on from Buddy Heald, and they still can do that. But like I've said many times, I expect Rashawn Holmes to be a day one or day two free agent, meaning we should be hearing where Rashawn Holmes is headed in the next couple of days, or at least which teams are addressing him, who he's talking to, and if he's close to agreeing to a deal. I will say this, if we get three to five days or beyond that into free agency and we haven't heard there's an agreement in place for Rashawn Holmes or a deal in place for Rashawn Holmes, I'm going to assume that there is some kind of conversation happening between him and the Kings. Maybe some kind of short-term agreement where Rashawn gets paid for a year or two, and then there's the option to renegotiate his salary maybe next offseason, whether it's a player option, a team option, regardless, more than likely would be a player option in this hypothetical scenario. They would renegotiate when the Kings have a little more cap space to pay him the money that he's looking for. Now, 
We've heard reports that Rashawn Holmes and his camp are looking for $20 million a year. I don't think there's a chance in hell that he gets that, not just from Sacramento, but really from uh, anybody, although I appreciate him looking for that amount. But the reality is I think Rashawn Holmes is maxed out at a 15, maybe $16 million per year player, and that still feels like a lot to say. I think if the Sacramento Kings and Rashawn Holmes could get around like the $13, $14 million a year, I think it's going to be hard for Rashawn to say no to that. Um, and even then, I don't know if the Kings can afford that or would be looking to do that, whether it's this offseason or a future offseason. So, yes, I'm a little surprised by the lack of moves uh, from the Sacramento Kings this weekend. Now, that's not to say that they haven't been trying. I still think Buddy Heald is very much on the trading block, Marvin Bagley as well. Now you don't have the number nine pick to attach to them. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I also thought that DeLon Wright could be used as trade filler, salary filler, or even like a, a sweetener in addition to a Buddy Heald uh, or a Marvin Bagley in order to entice a team to maybe send back a, a player or two that the Kings are looking at. I mean, you could talk about uh, Tobias Harris with the Philadelphia 76ers, right? Apparently now he's available. Well, if this Tristan Thompson deal goes through, you combine Tristan Thompson's money with Marvin Bagley's money, and it's pretty close to equal salary to Tobias Harris. So is that a possibility? That seems like wishful thinking, but I'm just throwing out uh, an example there. There are also some names uh, that have come available in free agency or will be available in free agency that I think the Kings have to take a look at or think about a little bit. The first one is Malik Monk, who the uh, Charlotte Hornets decided not to exercise or offer him his qualifying offer. So he will be an unrestricted free agent, meaning he has free reign to choose where he goes and the Hornets don't have the rights to match him. Now, they might still try and negotiate a small deal for him, but normally that means teams are okay uh, with that player moving on. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Malik Monk on a team not the Charlotte Hornets. And should the Kings consider that because he's an ex-teammate and uh, current friend uh, of De'Aaron Fox. They played together at Kentucky. So there were a lot speculating that the Kings should have drafted Fox at five and Malik Monk at 10 uh, to get that backcourt here in Sacramento. Of course, Buddy Heald was already here at the time. The Kings didn't make that move. They also could add Donovan Mitchell uh, with number 10, but that's a conversation for another time. But Malik Monk, I mean, the Kings, like we've talked about, they have a crowded backcourt. Malik Monk is naturally a shooting guard, maybe can play the three in small lineups, but that's not really the best position for him. So I understand if it doesn't make sense if the Kings aren't targeting him, but I'm curious to see what kind of money he's going to get and if there's going to be any interest at all from the Sacramento Kings. We have heard that the Kings have interest in Nerlens Noel, which I really like. I like the idea of Nerlens Noel as a, as a backup center, as a starting center, I think it's a stretch. So to call him a Rashawn Holmes replacement, I would say no. But if the Kings miss out on Rashawn Holmes, he goes elsewhere. You have Tristan Thompson on your roster as your starting center, and you have uh, Nerlens Noel as a backup option. It's not great. It's not sexy, but it's not terrible. I mean, you have options there at, at the big man position, not to mention you also have um, Nemus, uh, or sorry, Nemias Kita, uh, who the Kings drafted with the 39th overall pick in this draft. So, you have options there if you do want to go out uh, and get Nerlens Noel, and, and he's certainly going to be a cheaper option than Rashawn Holmes is. So not a bad guy to pay attention to as a, a, a backup plan uh, for the Kings at the center position. However, there are another four or five teams that are also interested in Nerlens Noel, his athleticism, his rim protection, uh, and what he provides in the paint. So uh, keep an eye on that. Also, 
I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Kings take a little bit of interest uh, in Justice Winslow as the Memphis Grizzlies, according to Shams, uh, have decided to uh, not pick up the $13 million team option on Winslow's contract. Winslow would provide depth at the wing, which the Kings are desperately looking for. He's also only like 25, 26 years old, so he fits the the timeline of the Sacramento Kings team. He's bounced around a little bit from Miami to to Memphis and his NBA career has not gone according to plan or has not been as good as he and many were expected when, or expecting when he was drafted. But I think he could be an option for Sacramento off the bench. I would not hate the idea of it. Of course, money matters. Uh, $13 million team option. I don't think he's getting anywhere close to that. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get more than five, $6 million. Is that a range that the Kings are potentially interested to add some wing deck? Hey, maybe you move, uh, use the MLE or mid-level exception on him and, and open or offer him a, a two-year $10 million contract, assuming uh, you don't believe you can bring uh, Mo Harkless back for that amount. So I would keep an eye on uh, Justice Winslow as well. So as free agency starts here later on today, or depending on you're uh, listening to this, I'm recording this at, at 10 20 PM on Sunday night. So between now and when you're listening to this, things could change. We could have a finalized uh, deal between the, the Kings and uh, the Celtics and the Hawks with this three team trade that would bring Tristan Thompson to Sacramento. Who knows, but I'm interested to see if it's the Kings that are holding this trade up, trying to negotiate uh, to free up a little bit more money uh, for their chances at Rashawn Holmes. But Regardless of what's going to happen in free agency, we've heard a lot of conversations since the Kings drafted Davion Mitchell with the ninth overall pick about this three-guard lineup that the Kings could roll out there. I don't expect it to be a starting lineup, but we should see uh, stretches and maybe healthy stretches uh, of Davion Mitchell, Fox, and Halliburton playing together. But there are questions as to if that's going to work or not. I have my doubts. It's one of those lineups that I have to see to believe, and maybe we'll get a better idea with the California Classic here coming uh, in the next couple of days. So that'll be good to see Davion Mitchell actually in action for Sacramento. But I'm skeptical about how this three-guard lineup can work. If it does work, though, it provides some interesting bonuses for Sacramento. I'm going to talk about that with Franklin Cardicelli here coming up next. Right now, though, I want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's a protein, uh, protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And look, I'm an extremely picky eater, extremely picky. It drives my wife and my family crazy. I always have been. And I mean, look at me. If you're watching the YouTube uh, channel, you can see how skinny my arms are. I'm, I'm, I'm a twig uh, and I need more protein in my diet. But until Built Bar, I had not found a protein based product that I really liked because I always tasted, you know, the protein powder or, or the protein um, base or whatever they put in it more than the flavor profile of the actual thing I was eating, whether it was a, a shake or a bar or a, a snack, a cookie, regardless. Now with Built Bar, that problem is gone. Built Bar tastes like a candy bar. They're covered in 100% chocolate. My favorite bar is mint brownie. They also have other bars like raspberry, double chocolate, salted caramel, and many, many more. And what you can do is go to Built.com. You can order a mixed box where you get two of each of their main flavors. You can try them out. And then the ones you do like when you go on to Built.com again to order your next box, you can pick and choose the flavors that are sent to you. And when you do order at built.com. Make sure you use promo code locked on for 15% off. Again, that's promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. So Davion Mitchell is a Sacramento King. 
DeLon Wright is no longer a Sacramento King. We think we're waiting for confirmation on whether or not this Tristan Thompson for DeLon Wright three-team swap with the Atlanta Hawks and the Boston Celtics is going to go through. At the time of this recording, the, the trade has not finalized. Maybe it will be by the time this goes live. We'll have to wait and see. But joining me right now is my friend from Sports 1140 KHDK and the Return of the Roar podcast. Franklin Cardicelli is back with me. And today, Frankie and I are going to spend a lot of time talking about the possibility of this three-guard lineup. We've heard so much about Davion Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, and Tyrese Halliburton playing together. I don't expect it to be a day one starting lineup, Frankie, but I do expect to see heavy doses of that group together. We're going to jump into if we think that's going to work or not and how it can work. But before that, I just wanted to get your general opinion on the selection of Davion Mitchell with the number nine pick in the draft. Initially, wasn't a big fan of it. It grew on me a little bit more. I'm curious how you feel about it. Yeah, same here. Pretty much the similar, you know, reaction a lot of Kings fans and, and people that cover the team had, which is Moses Moody's on the board. We didn't take Moses Moody. It's just that was kind of the guy that people had mentioned the most. And and when you think about it, I slept on it like a, a lot of us did. And uh, Franz Wagner was the guy people wanted the most because of his he was a defensive player, arguably the best defensive player in the draft. And when you think about it, Monty McNair selected arguably the second best defender in the draft in Davion Mitchell, maybe even the best if you think about on ball stuff. So the three guard lineup is a it's an intriguing possibility. Uh, the fact that Mitchell is six foot one, uh, some people are I've said that's that's generous. Uh, the six two six one listing, some say he could be a six foot six one kind of in the middle, uh, six four wingspan. Um, it's tough to envision that lineup being used in day one, like you said. But an on ball defender was selected to the Kings, and the Kings, as we know, had the worst defense arguably in the history of the NBA last season. So. Uh, adding defenders is not a bad thing. Let's dive into how this three guard lineup in theory would work. Cause uh, like I just said, I, I don't expect it to be a, a King starting lineup really at any point this season, unless Davion Mitchell is absolutely incredible and, and teams can't figure it out. I highly doubt uh, we will, we'll see that as the starting lineup uh, for Sacramento, but assuming that those three get big minutes together, I actually want to split this into how it works offensively and how it works defensively. And I think we should start offensively because that's almost easier. Even though Davion Mitchell is more of this defensive prospect and and, and the defensive side is, is going to be his major strength with that lineup, we want to talk about the offensive fit first and foremost because we know this team can score. And when I look at Davion Mitchell and think, okay, if he's sharing the floor with Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox, those are two primary ball handlers who are going to get touches more than Davion Mitchell is. So that means you need Davion Mitchell as a floor spacer, right? He shot 44% from three-point range his final year in college, which was a massive jump from like 31% or 32% of the year before. And then his first year in college with Arkansas, I believe uh, he shot like, God, 28% from three point range. So many are wondering whether or not that massive jump is an anomaly. 44% is an anomaly, but Frankie, I don't need him to shoot 44% from three point range. I don't need him to shoot 40% from three point range. If you can get 37 plus percent from him to me, that's more than enough for him to be a respected floor spacer. And that's how I think the lineup works offensively. Yeah. I don't think he was brought in to be a scorer at all. I think it's, it's pretty clear. He, he wasn't, we have two guards that can score the ball. They're both 20 point per game score. Uh, talents and Tyrese Halbert and, and De'Aaron Fox, maybe even a 30-point-per-game score if he can knock down those free throws. Uh, so, so Mitchell, I, I do think he was brought in for kind of almost like a Marcus Smart role where 
Marcus Smart's not a guy you expect to go out there and, and give you 18 to 20. He's going to go out there and play hard-nosed defense, knock down the occasional three-pointer, and and get to the rim. And that's something I think that is very impressive with Mitchell's game is he's very aggressive. You've seen over the last couple of days, I mean, there's, there's videos from in high school just throwing complete disgusting windmills on people. Uh, obviously, in college, it wasn't the same thing. He, he played on a great Baylor team that won a championship and was very balanced. But uh, bring him into a lineup with two scoring guards like Tyrese Halbert and, and De'Aaron Fox. And right now, Buddy Heald is technically on the roster still. So who knows if we go into a season with him still? That remains to be seen. I would guess not, but that's a whole different discussion. But the point is, with Harrison Barnes, Tyrese Halbert, and De'Aaron Fox, uh, if, they, if the Kings retain Terrence Davis, the points are there. The scoring's not a problem for the Sacramento Kings. Defense is a problem. And in a lineup with those guys, if they do play a De'Aaron Fox, Halbert, and Mitchell Barnes and hopefully Holmes lineup. Uh, we'll know what Mitchell's role is. Stop the ball, play defense, and and run maybe because he can run. He can run. Before we dive into the defensive aspect of it, his age. Does his age concern you? The fact that he spent really four years in college, although he redshirted one year, so technically only played three seasons. Does that concern you? Or are you along my line of thinking, which is more, of course, you're not going to have as long of an NBA career as you would coming into the league at 19. In theory, you also have to be good enough to have a long NBA career. But I expect Davion Mitchell to be an immediate impact player, whether it's as a starter or more than likely coming off the bench. I know Davion Mitchell can provide what he's provided in college from day one at the NBA level, or at least I believe that. Yeah, mature. We were young kids at one point. We were 19 years old, and I think the jump from 19 to 22 is pretty significant. Uh, when you look at Mikael Bridges, that type of player who, who comes in at 22, 23, and he was been in the league, I think it was his second, third year last year, and he's 25 years old, and he's playing huge minutes in the NBA Finals, and playing well he had a really strong season and they're different players but the point is you mature a lot in those first couple of years in the nba as a 19 to 21 year old a lot of players make their jumps around 20 to 21 so mitchell why yeah he's coming in he's a little bit older and his career yeah maybe it's a maybe it'll be a 10 12 year career instead of a, a 14 15 but he's nba ready i think that he's coming in he's grown he's filled out uh he guarded some of the best players in, in college basketball last season he guard he Famously defended Cade Cunningham and did a decent job on him. And um, you bring in a guy that's not a project. And the Kings can't really afford to have any more projects right now. They can't afford to have any guys they can wait two, three years on. Because we talk about it every time I think I'm on this podcast, Matt, that the De'Aaron Fox clock has started. It's going right now. It's five years. There's no restricted free agency at the end of that timeline. There's no more gimme. It's all on the line here. So, Bringing in a guy that's 22 years old and um, both draft picks, actually, you know, defenders that are 22 years old, they're filled out. Um, I think it's a huge win. So let's talk about defensively what I like first and foremost about the idea of this three guard lineup. It, it seems like De'Aaron Fox would be the weakest defender out of the three, which is crazy to think about because Fox is a good defender when he wants to be. He has an issue of turning it on sometimes, turning it off other times, and he's talked about that. That's something that he needs to work on and get more consistent at, and I expect that to improve this season. But at the same time, too, Frankie, at no point in his career has Fox been able to take a back seat defensively or 
I say be hidden defensively. Hidden makes it sound like he's a liability or a weakness on defense when that's really not the case. But assuming Mitchell and Halliburton are playing with Fox, you can stick those two on the best two guards that a team has. Let's say they're playing the Golden State Warriors or the current version of the Portland Trailblazers. You can put Mitchell on Dame. You can put Halliburton on CJ McCollum and have De'Aaron Fox more out of the picture a little bit, which he hasn't gotten at any point in his career so far. That's where I think that could be a major uh, plus, especially for De'Aaron Fox saving his wind and his energy and his ability for, of course, the offensive end of the floor. Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton came in and immediately you could tell that De'Aaron, not a bad defender, right? But better defender was on the floor with him. Tyrese Halliburton's a better on-ball defender, better passing lane defender um, because he's going 100% all the time. Like you said, De'Aaron Fox, he not that he takes plays off, but the intensity isn't always there. You just don't see it. And especially with even DeLon Wright, uh, his defense was such a, it was very refreshing when the Kings traded for him. We had, when Fox was out, there was the lineup of, of for briefly until Tyrese also was injured uh, with DeLon Wright and Tyrese Halliburton. It was a very fun guard lineup to watch that both were playing hard-nosed defense. And yeah, when you have two guards on the floor, De'Aaron can kind of maybe put him on a guy that's the th- second, third option instead of number one. Maybe you do throw... Uh, Halliburton or Mitchell on on the number one option. Maybe you're you're playing the the Lakers. Maybe Mitchell picks up Westbrook uh, instead of Fox in that kind of situation. Uh, or Lillard, like you said, maybe Lillard and in Halliburton. I mean, Halliburton's on Lillard and and McCollum's being guarded by Mitchell and vice versa. Maybe De'Aaron goes and can guard Mello if he resigns in in Portland or something. You know, it may, maybe he takes the third option because uh, while he's not a a weak defender. He's not the strongest either, and I think from what I've seen in a brief sample size in college basketball, granted, uh, Mitchell is already probably the best defending guard on the team. That's just kind of what I think. Yeah, if I'm the Sacramento Kings, what I want from Donovan Mitchell, rather Davion Mitchell, not Donovan, and no, there is no relation as far as I know. Is there? There's not a relation. That was a, that was the running the same number. I mean, I think the, the number is what made that thing. People are like Donovan Mitchell's back in college. Like it's it's no relation. No. Davion Mitchell, and I'm sure I'm going to make that mistake a million times before I I, I finally get it down. But uh, I imagine the Sacramento Kings with Davion Mitchell, they're very hopeful that he can be that guy that no matter the situation, it's like, we need to stop. Here's their star. Davion, stick him. Like, you're on him. And within reason, like, I don't expect Davion Mitchell to be stuck on Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid at the end of a game. But where I'm concerned is I know Davion Mitchell can guard the point guard position. I believe Davion Mitchell can guard the shooting guard position. When we get to the three, that's where I get a little bit nervous because does that does three through five still remain Harrison Barnes's major job defensively? It's like if there's a three through five on on the opponent's team that is their go-to scorer, is that Harrison Barnes's duty still no matter what? And Dave, uh, Davion can't get up to that size. I really question his ability to defend the three at just six foot, six foot one, six foot two, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, Monty McNair even said during the the post draft press conference he's a he's able to guard one through four, and, I, and a lot of people were just saying, "Wait, what? One through four? Uh, I don't know if that was maybe a maybe he can guard one through four in college, or or we think he can't. It's just it's tough for me to envision yet throwing him on a on like a a, a Blake Griffin. Maybe prime Blake Griffin, not now. Maybe now he guard Blake Griffin. Uh, but a bigger, like even a Harrison Barnes, like if, if they were to guard a Harrison Barnes type of body type, like a 6'8", 6'9", 240-pound power forward, I just don't know if I feel comfortable 
putting him on someone like that, uh, you know, or a Kevin Durant or Paul George. The, it, those are the ones that's kind of dicey. The, those are the ones you kind of need a lengthy six, seven, six, eight wing for. I don't want to discount the fact that Mitchell probably thinks he can, and maybe he could shut down some of those guys. Maybe he can. Maybe he's one of the better on, on ball defenders in NBA history. We don't know. We're going to find out, though, what kind of positions uh, he's capable of defending. Well, the good news is we'll get a glimpse pretty quickly here is thanks to this wonderful NBA offseason schedule where we have the finals, then the draft, then free agency, and the California Classic happening next week. We are going to see Davion Mitchell. We're going to see Nemias Keita. We're going to see even Robert Woodard, who can answer potentially a lot of defensive questions for the Sacramento Kings. So we don't have long to wait for that. You will be at the California Classic for some of those games. I'm going to try and make it uh, to a few myself. But uh, Frankie, keep up the excellent work that you do at KHDK, the excellent work over at the Return of the Roar podcast. I look forward to having you back on in the near future. And hey, we'll all see if this three-guard lineup can work because if it can be effective, Man, the Kings have no shortage of ball handling and potentially for the first time in a long time, a one, two, maybe three punch on defense. How long has it been since we've said that? I think you and I were in diapers, man. Probably before that, probably before that. But Matt, thank you so much for having me, man. It's it's a blast coming on. Uh, good luck to you and, and the little man that's on the way. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked on Podcast Network. Hey, did you know that you can bet on who's going to win the Super Bowl right now? Yes, those odds just came out on Bet Online, and, and keep an eye out because the NBA Finals odds for next season, those will be coming out very soon as well. Bet Online has all your odds for uh, games, for seasons, prop bets, side bets, all the uh, fun sports gambling that you could possibly ask for is available on Bet Online. Uh, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the NBA, MLB, NHL, NFL, UFC, MMA action, golf, soccer. They have it all. And when you head to their website and sign up or use your mobile device, Make sure you use promo code locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 50% welcome bonus. That's free money for you to play with and make money with at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Huge thank you to Franklin Cardicelli for joining me here on the Locked On Kings podcast. I look forward to speaking with Sean Cunningham on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Kings from ABC 10. He and I will talk about the draft, probably more about that three-guard lineup, and anything that happens in free agency, we'll be sure to discuss as well. Keep an eye out for emergency podcasts around free agency time. If any big bomb drops, whether it's a trade, a major free agency signing, I will record an emergency podcast, both available on YouTube and for you audio listeners. So be sure to keep an eye and an ear out for that. If anything happens, you can also follow my social media to know when those episodes are coming out at Matt George Radio on Twitter, or you can email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. I appreciate you joining and listening to the podcast today. Let me know if there are any targets, maybe some that I talked about in the first segment, others that you have your eye on that you would love to see the Kings go out and get. Also, what do you think Rashawn Holmes is worth truly is here in the free agency market as a big man. A lot of teams don't have money to spend and other teams that theoretically were interested uh, in Rashawn Holmes. Let's use the... um Let's use the the Dallas Mavericks, for example. They just picked up Willie Cauley-Stein's option for $4.5 million. So are they really going for Rashawn Holmes? Is the market deteriorating for Rashawn Holmes to the point where the Kings feel confident playing the market and being able to get Rashawn for maybe a little less than he's asking for or less than they expected initially? We'll have to wait and see. That's a gamble, of course. I hope, I hope, I hope Rashawn Holmes is still a Sacramento King because if he's gone, it's going to be hard for them to replace him with anything 
in this free agency market. But again, if there are names out there besides Ron, Rashawn Holmes that you'd like the Kings to target, let me know. Also, if you have fun, hypothetical Buddy Heald or Marvin Bagley traits, please send those to me. Uh, and of course, I'm still looking for your opinions on the, the draft, the moves the Kings made on draft night, selecting Davion Mitchell at nine. It sounds like the majority of you were like me. On draft night, you were a little hesitant, a little skeptical, didn't really make sense. But over time, as maybe you've watched uh, YouTube clips of Davion Mitchell, thought about how he fits and addresses specific needs with the Kings, especially with how he plays and, and the defense that he provides, you're coming around a little bit more like I am. If that's you, let me know. If you still disagree with the pick or if you've liked the pick all along, let me know why. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment below and tell me why. Uh, or you, of course, can email me, mgeorgeatsacklocalmedia.com. Reach me on Twitter, at MattGeorgeRadio. Uh, I'd love to speak with you more in one of those outlets. Uh, have a great day. Enjoy free agency. Enjoy the California Classic. I'm looking forward to being out there. We'll talk about that more on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast and more. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.